Good morning, church. How's everybody today? I love it when Chris is the announcer on stage because he just gets everybody all worked up and excited and all that stuff. I've been listening backstage and you're to be commended for your engagement and your participation in our worship service today. So thank you for that. And I know we've already recognized um, dads here on campus. I want to say happy Father's Day uh, to any dads that might be viewing online. We're so glad that you guys have tuned in today and we're super excited that that you're all here uh, today. Um, Father's Day for me is a little bit different. My father passed away about 15 years ago, and he's in heaven with Jesus today. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt I'm going to meet him again and see him in eternity future uh, one of these days. Um, But I have two amazing young men who are my sons. They call me dad. Uh, They live in South Carolina, and they're tuned in today. So, boys, I just want to say I love you. I love being your dad, and um, I'm going to see you in about 10 days, okay? So we're looking forward to our vacation, all right? Uh, Thank you for being here. Um, If you're visiting with us, we love having guests at Epic. My name is Brian. Uh, I'm one of the pastors on staff, and I had the privilege of beginning a a series, not really a series. If you were here last week, um, instead of just a three-part series, we're kind of unpacking this theme uh, in Matthew chapter four of this idea of the kingdom of God. And uh, we're going to kind of continue the theme that Jesus talked about last week. And um, if you missed last week, let me encourage you to go look at any of our social media platforms and check out uh, the first part of this particular message. But if you weren't here, here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter four and verse number 17. This is what we call the message of Jesus' kingdom. In Jesus' message, he said, repent because the kingdom of heaven has come near. Uh, That's the very first thing that Jesus publicly uh, uh, announced when he began his public ministry uh, back in the first century. He said, repent because the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now that word kingdom, that phrase kingdom of heaven uh, also can can sound like kingdom of God. And that's the reason why we uh, we titled this particular talk, The Kingdom of God. Because as you read through uh, the New Testament part of the Bible, you'll see those two phrases specifically and uh, they're kind of synonymous with each other. They mean the same thing. So sometimes Jesus will say the kingdom of God is like, and we're going to look at some of that next week in a couple of the parables that Jesus is going to is going to teach us. Sometimes he'll say the kingdom of heaven is like, and then he'll tell a story, that kind of thing. So when you see that phrase kingdom of heaven, or you see that phrase kingdom of God, just know that it's the, it's the same thing. They're talking about the, the, the same thing. Uh, I had some extra time this week, and I was just curious, uh, especially in Matthew's gospel, which is where we're going to be in this entire uh, talk, uh, uh, how many times Jesus used one or both of those phrases. And depending on what translation of the Bible that you read or that you use, it may vary a little bit. Uh, But the kingdom of heaven phrase in my translation of the Bible uh, was used 32 times in the gospel of Matthew. The word, the phrase, the kingdom of God was used five times. So by, I'm not a math wizard, but you know, about 37 times Jesus had something to say about either the kingdom of God or the, or the kingdom of heaven. And here's what I want us to understand as we kind of um, uh, pursue this, this idea uh, today and next week. 
What I want us to understand is that when Jesus used those two phrases in the Gospel of Matthew, and particularly in the Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he was talking about a present day reality that he's inviting people to participate in. Yes, there is much about the kingdom of God that is going to happen in the future. That day when Jesus comes back as King of kings and Lord of lords, and he takes his church to be with him in heaven, and he establishes rule and reign on planet earth with a new millennium and a new heaven and a new earth. And, and that is certainly part of the kingdom of heaven that's going to happen one day. But most of the time when Jesus talked about the kingdom of heaven, or when Jesus talked about the kingdom of God, he was talking talking about a present reality that existed because he was here as king and as Messiah, because he was here as the one who would lay down his life and, and pay the sin debt for mankind once and for all. And for those of us who have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, there's been a time where we've said yes to Jesus and we've asked him to forgive us of our sins. We've invited him into our life and we've asked him to write our name in his reservation book in heaven for all of eternity. The Bible says we are part of God's kingdom on this side of eternity. In other words, we are kingdom participants. We are, are part of the body of Christ. If we're part of the body of Christ, uh, we are participants, so to speak, in God's kingdom on this side of eternity. And what we learned last week is that that word kingdom uh, it means some things. Uh, it means rule. It means uh, reign. It means authority. It means headship. Um, it means first place. It means uh, kingship. And what we established last week is that uh, we kind of gave you a little definition that went something like this. The kingdom of God is simply the rule and reign of Jesus Christ as Lord and King in our daily lives. If we're going to participate in the kingdom of God on this side of eternity, Jesus invites us into a relationship with him and he asks us to allow him to have first place, to have priority, to rule and reign as Lord and King. And I know that's difficult for us in our flesh and our human nature because we don't like to be ruled and reigned by anything or anybody, do we? Uh, but at the end of the day, the invitation that Jesus is extending to us, and that's what we're going to talk about today, the invitation that Jesus is extending to us really is an invitation to a better outcome in our life if we will allow him to be Lord and King, if we will allow him to rule and to reign in our life. And we learned last week that Jesus's audience in the first century when he was alive on planet Earth, physically in the flesh, uh, we learned that his audience would have understood this idea of a kingdom. Uh, the entire nation of Israel, their history, uh, they would have known what this idea of kingdom was like because they had kings and they had queens and they had rulers and they had authorities. In Jesus's day, specifically, the Jewish nation, the, the nation of Israel lived under the kingship or under the rule and reign of the, of the Roman Empire. 
So they would have understood this idea of kingdom when this guy named Jesus comes along and he says, repent because the kingdom of heaven has come near. And for over 400 years, matter of fact, for thousands of years within the, uh, the, the nation of Israel, uh, they were taught that one day there's going to be this, this king that's coming. There's going to be this Messiah, and he's going to be the son of God, and he's going to forgive people of their sins. He's going to make a way for our relationship with God to be restored. He's going to establish his rule and his reign on planet Earth. He's going to create a perfect place called heaven for anybody and everybody who would say yes to him and who wants to spend eternity with him. The problem is... The first century Jews of Jesus' audience, they viewed the rule and reign of anybody the same way that the earthly kingdoms that they known were established. And their idea is that when this ruler came, when this Messiah finally would come, that, that he would be a political leader that would finally, once and for all, deliver them from the Roman oppression and from the Roman dominance. You see, they were looking for a leader who was going to rule uh, with power and with position and with prominence. And that's the way our, our world systems view uh, uh, leadership, so to speak. Jesus, on the other hand, didn't come to rule and dominate people with power and with position and with prominence. Jesus simply came to establish a spiritual rule in people's hearts that would bring about transformation in their relationship with God and with other people. And what I wanna talk about today is this, this idea of this invitation that Jesus invites us into. And if you were to take uh, the ministry of Jesus, the three and a half years that Jesus spent on planet Earth, where he literally did so many things that just blow our mind and transform and change the way that, that we understand who God is and who Jesus is as the Son of God. If you take Jesus' ministry, it really can be boiled down into three things. Number one, you're going to find that Jesus preached the good news of his kingdom everywhere that he went. And the good news of his kingdom is that he, he being all God and all man at the same time, chose to leave heaven in all of its glory, to step into earth as a human being with flesh and blood, just like you and I, and he chose to lay down his life on a cross and shed his blood so that you and I could have an opportunity to be forgiven of our sins. You see, salvation is made available to us through Jesus Christ because he chose to do something for us that we could never do for ourselves. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, can I tell you the greatest decision you can ever make is to say yes to him because he will do what he promises he will do. And what he will do is he will forgive you of your sins. He will deposit his spirit into your life, which is kind of like a new conscience and a new guide to help you make your way through life's journey. And he'll take you to be with him in a perfect place called heaven forever and ever and ever. And if you've never made that decision, the invitation for you to follow Jesus today is simple. Will you trust me with your life and your eternity? The second thing that you'll find Jesus doing is that he always taught what I call kingdom truth. Uh, last week, we talked about this idea of the kingdom of God being about kingdom people living according to kingdom principles. In other words, Jesus set up this uh, uh, this, this teaching, this system uh, 
uh, of following after him that is built on some absolutes. And there are some principles that Jesus wants us to live by as kingdom people so that we can experience the best life possible. And I challenge you to read through Matthew chapter five, chapter six, and chapter number seven to give you a good idea of what some of those things look like uh, in in our daily life. But everywhere that you see Jesus uh, in the New Testament part of our Bible, you always see him teaching kingdom truth, teaching kingdom principles that, uh, that, that we can live by that lead us to a better outcome in our life. And then the third thing, and this is where we're going to hang our hat today, you see Jesus training others for their kingdom assignment. You see Jesus training others for their kingdom assignments. And uh, this is where we're going to pick up the story today, because here's what I want us to understand today. Here's what we're going to see from Scripture today, okay? Um, We all, as Christ followers, and today we're going to primarily be talking to the body of Christ, uh, if you're here and you don't have that relationship with Christ, you're the same invitation that, that Jesus extends to, uh, to those of us who know him as Lord and Savior is extended to you today. And we're going we're gonna to get to that in, in, in just a second. But, but here's what I want us to know and understand. If we know Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior today, in other words, if you call yourself a Christian, we have a kingdom assignment. We have a kingdom assignment. And I don't know what your perspective of what that looks like in your life, but for me, um, I kind of had a really sobering thought just a couple of weeks ago as I was thinking about this message and talking about what we're talking about in the kingdom of God. Uh, I don't know that we can totally say that uh, we're 100% uh, post-COVID-19, but certainly COVID-19 disrupted all of our lives at some level. And we're all having to deal with the the adjustments and the transition and the differences in the way we live our life uh, because of that pandemic and because of uh, of that virus that literally affected every person on planet Earth to some to some extent. And as I got to thinking about the culture and the society that we live in, especially in the United States of America post covid and you look at the things that are happening in our culture and our society today, when you think about the idea of our kingdom assignment, here's the sobering thought that I had just a few weeks ago. This is my watch. This is our watch. In other words, I didn't have a choice as to the dispensation or the period of time which I was going to be born into this world. You didn't have that choice either. That's something that was totally beyond our control. But God, in his infinite wisdom and glory, in his foreknowledge and in his sovereignty, chose a group of people to be born and to live in this dispensation of time, in this particular period of time. And church, here's what we need to understand. This is our watch. The influence that we're going to have in our culture and our society 
is going to be, the, the difference is going to be made as to, as to how we live our lives and how we allow Jesus to be Lord and King in our lives to the extent that the way that we live our life makes an impact in other people's lives that we have sphere of influence with. Here's the amazing thing about the God of the Bible to me. The amazing thing about the God of the Bible is that he chooses he chooses to use imperfect people like you and I to get his perfect will accomplished on planet earth. And he'll use us if we'll engage in our kingdom assignment, if we will accept the invitation that he has extended to us. So I want to pick up the story that we started last week in Matthew chapter 4. In verse 17, this is from last week, Jesus said, from then on... Jesus began to preach, repent because the kingdom of heaven has come near. Then the very next thing he does is he takes a walk along the Sea of Galilee and he begins to recruit some people for their kingdom assignment. He extends an invitation to some very average, ordinary people to do something that is bigger than themselves. And it's the same invitation that Jesus is inviting to us today. Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 4, verse number 18. It says, as he was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew, and they were casting a net into the sea since they were professional fishermen or since they were fishermen. In verse 19, here's the invitation. Okay, this is where we get our, our title for today. The invitation of Jesus' kingdom is this right here. Follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and they followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. And they were in a boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed Jesus. The first thing that Jesus does after announcing the message of his kingdom, which is repent because the kingdom of heaven is near, is he extends an invitation to average ordinary people just like you and I to do something very, very simple. And the simple invitation that Jesus extends is two words. He says, follow me. Now, I don't know about you, and I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but that's an, that's an easy thing for me to understand right there. When Jesus said, follow me, uh, that's not a confusing invitation. That's not something that is, is, um, is, is, is difficult to understand on the surface. Uh, how many of you remember playing follow the leader when you were in grade school, all right, elementary school? I loved playing follow the leader, all right? You know why I love playing follow the leader? Because I wanted to be the leader. And I wanted everybody to follow me. I wanted to take people on an adventure. I wanted to take people on a, on a journey. I wanted to take other children to places they had never been before, you know, so to speak. And, and I wanted to be the leader. And you know what the rules of follow the leader are? They're very simple. Just follow the leader. Just do what the leader does. 
Just mimic whoever the leader is and do what they do and go where they go. And if you do what they do and you go where they go, then you're going to experience um, uh, this, this journey and, and you're going to be uh, successful. You're going to be a part of one of the people who follows the rules and, and, and does what, does what uh, you're supposed to do. And the invitation that Jesus extends is very simple. He says, he says, follow me and I will make you fish for people. Um, now, if, if you, we were to ask uh, 10 people today, if I were to go around the room and ask 10 people today, hey, what does it look like to, to follow Jesus? Some of you would say, well, it looks like uh, live a good life. Uh, be kind to others. Show love to others. Go to church, read your Bible, pray, uh, feed the poor. Uh, and all of those certainly are part of what it means to, uh, to follow Jesus. Others of you may have the perspective, well, following Jesus is what about what you don't do? And um, you shouldn't swear, use coarse language, you shouldn't cheat, you shouldn't lie, you shouldn't hurt people, you shouldn't judge people. And certainly those are, are all part of, of living according to kingdom principles uh, that, that Jesus lays out for us. But at the end of the day, the invitation that Jesus extends to average ordinary people is simply, follow me. Just let me lead. Just do what I do. Just act like I act. Just love like I love. Just share like I share. Just minister as, as, as I minister. And as I got to thinking about Jesus' first group of people that he called, I got to thinking about why did Jesus choose fishermen? Uh, so I started doing a little research. And um, I come to find out that most Bible scholars believe that as many as seven of the 12 disciples that Jesus handpicked, as many as seven of those 12 disciples probably were professional fishermen of their day. So the question I had asked myself is, why did Jesus choose professional fishermen uh, to, to follow him and be engaged in a, in a kingdom assignment with him? And I think there are some reasons that that Jesus chose some, some professional fishermen that will help us understand uh, our assignment and, and what our attitude should be uh, towards our kingdom assignment as Christ followers. Number one, uh, I think Jesus chose professional fishermen because they were hard workers. Um, in Jesus' day, you're always gonna find the fishermen along the Sea of Galilee um, working hard. Uh, there was no idle time in their life. There was always a, a catch to sort. There was always a catch to clean. There was always preparation that needed to be made for the next, uh, for the next trip out uh, fishing. They had to prepare their nets. They had to mend their nets. They had to rig their lines. Uh, they, had to, they had to clean their boats. There was always something uh, that was a task that had to be performed, <clears throat> excuse me, and Commercial fishermen or professional fishermen in Jesus' day were simply hard workers. And I got to thinking about that. And I just want to be really transparent with us today. Church, we need to understand that following Jesus, it's hard work. Serving the kingdom of God, it, it, it's going to take a little bit of work and elbow grease on our part. Because there's a lot of work that, that, that needs to be done. And I'm convinced that, 
uh, that Jesus is looking for hard workers in his kingdom. If you don't think working hard uh, is a part of, of being a kingdom follower or being a part of a, a Jesus follower, uh, just ask any of our setup and, and our tech team who show up here every Sunday morning about 6.30 or 6.45 to transform this space into a place where you and I can come and show up just as we are and experience what we experience on a weekly basis. Ask any of our children's workers who show up week in and week out and transform uh, this, this school campus into a place where children can come and learn about Jesus on their level. Uh, I had the privilege a couple of weeks ago to lead our, our very first national mission team to a missions trip in Nashville, Tennessee. And I've got my t-shirt from that, um, uh, from that journey on today because I want to introduce our second team who's literally traveling today. They left at 6 a.m. this morning. Here's a picture of our team that's headed back to Nashville uh, to work this week. And you know what? I can promise you based on firsthand experience, this group of people right here, they're going to work really hard on their kingdom assignment this week. They're going to work really hard to be the hands and the feet and the voice of Jesus. And they're going to do some things that are going to physically be, be taxing and are going to mentally going to wear them out because the kingdom work is important work. And kingdom work is, is hard work. So I just want to take just a minute today to, to pray for our team if we can. And I want to ask you to join me in praying for this group of people who are traveling today that God would protect them that God would watch over them, that God would give them energy and strength every day, that God would give them rest when they lay their head down at night because they're gonna do some really, really hard work on behalf of the kingdom of God and represent Epic this week in Nashville, Tennessee. So let's pray for them for just a second if we can, okay? God, we come to you today and we thank you so much for the opportunity to, uh, to work in your kingdom. Lord, to be involved in things that are hard, but are necessary. Lord, to minister to people and love on them and to use our gifts and our talents and our abilities in a way that, that will make a difference for all of eternity. And God, I pray for our team that's traveling today. Lord, thank you for their willingness to go. I pray, God, your hedge of protection around them as they travel. Lord, that you would just watch over them and protect them on the interstate today. Lord, I pray when they get there tonight that they'd be able to, to rest and Lord, get uh, uh, re-energized and, and, and refocused for the week that the, that's coming ahead. And Lord, I pray that you'd give them energy and strength every single day. Lord, I pray that you'd help them to be able to focus uh, their mind and their body on the work and the tasks that are before them. And Lord, I just know you're going to use them to make a great impact in, in, in somebody's life this week because they've chosen to follow you and to be involved and to participate in the kingdom assignment that you have for them. So, Lord, I pray your blessings in their life. You'd watch over them and protect them. We're excited to see and hear all that you're going to do in and through them today. For it's all these things we pray and ask in your name. Amen. We encourage you to check out our social media platforms. Look for T-shirts like this. These guys will be wearing those. And we'll be giving you updates this week about all the work um, that they are engaged in. And if you're engaged in kingdom work, whatever you do, whether it's through the context of a local church 
or whether there's maybe an organization that you partner with or there's a, a group of volunteers that you engage with on a regular basis, can I just tell you today what you do matters? And I know it's hard and I know it's difficult and I know that it, it, it's taxing at times, but it is necessary, especially in the culture and the society that we live in. And what you do matters. And I want to encourage you to, to persevere. I want to encourage you to keep up the good work. I want to encourage you to engage our culture at a level that is really, really important in the day and the time that we live in. I think Jesus chose fishermen because they're hard workers. I think he chose fishermen because they're courageous too. I've been to the Sea of Galilee. I've walked on the seashore. I've seen a replica of a boat like these fishermen would have used. I've actually been in a boat out on the, on the Sea of Galilee. And what we know about first century fishermen on the Sea of Galilee is that most of the fishing that they did was at night. And I've been on the Sea of Galilee, and it's a massive body of water surrounded by mount, mountain ranges. And if you read the narrative of Scripture, you'll see that it's not uncommon for, uh, for storms uh, to, uh, to blow up on the Sea of Galilee, and for there to be wind, and for there to be rain, and for there to be wind, uh, 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 all kinds of elements that, that fishermen of the first century would have had to deal with. And, and it would be challenging. Uh, there were no generators on board in first century um, fishing boats. No LED light poles where they could see what all's going on uh, uh, around them. And the seas would be rough and the storms would rage. And we see narrative of that in scripture. And Jesus understood that these were courageous people who could be counted on uh, to do whatever it took whenever it was necessary. And it takes courage today to be on kingdom assignment. It takes courage today uh, to, to follow Jesus, but the kingdom of God grows when we are courageous in living out our kingdom assignment. And for those of us who are Christ followers, recognize that the invitation to follow Jesus is one that's, that's gonna take courage. And, and Jesus is looking for cur courageous people who will engage in their kingdom assignment. It takes courage to share your faith in a public place. It takes courage to stand up for what's right and to verbalize why you believe what you believe and why you believe it in a culture and a society that is anti-God and anti-Christian. The name of Jesus is not a popular name in our nation anymore like it once was just a couple generations ago. And I'm convinced Jesus is looking for some courageous people who will say, you know what? I'm going to follow him. I'm going to live out my kingdom assignment. I'm going to do what my part to make a difference in my world for the kingdom of God. I think Jesus chose fishermen because he knew they'd cooperate with each other too. They had to work together to be successful. Um, that's why you always see fishermen in Jesus' day along the shores of the Sea of Galilee. You always find them together, working together to do the hard work that was necessary for them to, to be able to make a living. There were no lone fishermen in Jesus' day like you see in our day today. Weren't any single, single guys in a bass boat by themselves, cast and tug, cast and tug, cast and tug by themselves. There was, it took cooperation for them to survive and to make a living and, 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 to, and, to, and to bring in a catch when they went out as fishermen. And the work of Jesus, the kingdom assignment that we have demands cooperation from his people, from his followers. And that's how we're going to be most effective in our culture and our society today. 
I think another reason why Jesus chose fishermen is because they had faith. They didn't have any fish finders in Jesus' day. Uh, all they had was their skill and their preparation. And they went out day after day and night after night and they let down their nets and they had faith and trust that they prepared themselves, that they had done the hard work and that when they pulled those nets up, there would be enough, uh, enough there to be able to sustain them and their families. I love Hebrews 11 and verse six. It's a verse of scripture that I hang my hat on many, many times in my life, especially those moments when I don't understand what God's asking me, what God's asking me to do or where God's asking me to go. Hebrews eleven six very simply says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And I think what Jesus is, is inviting us to is, is to just simply trust him when he says, follow me. The Christian life is a faith journey. When Jesus said, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. It's the greatest invitation as far as I'm concerned that there is in all of human history. God doesn't expect just pastors and missionaries and priests and, and, and uh, quote unquote professional people uh, uh, to fulfill the, his kingdom assignment. If you know the name of Jesus, you consider yourself a Christ follower. You have a kingdom assignment. Jesus has extended the same invitation to you that he's extended to everybody. It's simply follow me. And I think there's some reasons why Jesus um, called those fishermen to follow him. So I want us to learn some practical lessons from them today. I'm going to give you three simple things real quick. These are what I call quick lessons that we can learn from fishermen about our kingdom assignment. Three simple things that we can learn from fishermen about our kingdom assignment. Because Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. In other words, Jesus wants to use us to influence other people for his kingdom. Jesus wants to use us to share the good news of the gospel message with people who do not know him and with people that he wants to be in relationship with. And that's the way that God works in our day and time today. He chooses to use people like you and I who will, who, who will uh, engage in the invitation to follow him and who will be on kingdom assignment. The first thing, the first lesson that we need to learn is that we have to be prepared. We have to be prepared if we're going to be effective in our kingdom assignment. I don't know a whole lot about fishing. Uh, I would not consider myself a fisherman at all, but here's something that I absolutely 100% do know, all right? You're never going to catch any fish if you go fishing without any gear and without any bait. I can guarantee you that 100%. If you don't take any fishing gear and you don't take any fishing bait, you're never going to catch any fish. In other words, if you're not prepared to go fishing, it doesn't matter how long you stand on the dock or it doesn't matter how long you sit in the boat, you're never, ever, ever going to catch fish. Now, I'm sure there's probably somebody, some old, some old boy's going to send me an email or going to send me a text and he's going to buck that. All right. And that may be true, maybe one in a blue million. Okay. But for the most part, can we all agree that if you're not prepared to catch any fish, you're never going to catch any fish. And fishermen in Jesus's day were prepared to go out and let their nets down. What does that look like for us? Listen to what 1 Peter 3.15 said. The apostle Peter said this, but set apart Jesus as Lord in your hearts. There's that kingdom rule. 
Jesus Christ as, as Lord and King in our lives. Uh, Peter says, but set apart Jesus as Lord in your heart and always be ready. Always be ready to give a defense to anyone who would ask you for the reason for the hope that is in you. Can I tell you the very best bait that you possibly have to be on kingdom assignment? It's what I call your God story. What's your God story? How did you come to meet Jesus? What's Jesus doing in your life right now? Uh, what do you expect Jesus to do in your life as you walk with him and as you, as you follow him? And you know what? We can't change anybody's heart and anybody's life, but you know what we can do? We can tell our God story. We can tell other people who God is to us and what he has done for us, what he's doing in us, and what we expect him to do in us and through us as we follow him. So let me ask you a question today. If you were to have a conversation with somebody and you had an opportunity to share your God story today, would you be prepared? Would you know what to say? And it's different for everybody. It's really just a brief summary about your God story, how you met Jesus, the difference that he's making in your life, what he's doing in your life. And you know what? All God wants us to do is to be prepared to share our story when he gives us the opportunity to do that. Uh, I finished um, my 36th cardio rehab session this week. So I'm finished with cardiac rehab. Praise the Lord. I'm excited about that. And God has used that in my life. But you know what? I had an opportunity to have an amazing encounter this week with somebody at my last session of cardiac rehab. And I was able to share my God story. And I was able to talk about Jesus. And I was able to invite somebody to church. And I was able to explain to that person how important it is to make sure that everything between them and God is okay through the person of Jesus Christ. And you know what? That's all God wants us to do. And when you're at work... Or were you in your community with your neighbor? Or maybe it's even in your, your family unit. You know what? God just wants us to be prepared to share our story. And if we'll be obedient to share our story, you know what God will do? God's going to do the rest. And we've got to be pre prepared to be on kingdom assignment. Second thing is we've got to be intentional. If you're going to go fishing, you know what? Sooner or later, you've got to put the hook in the water, don't you? You got to bait the hook and you got to put the hook in the water at some point. And we have to be intentional about the opportunities that we have to share our God's story and to fish for people. Um, I used to live over in, in Putnam County. If you know anything about this region, Putnam County is the next county due west from us. And the St. John's River runs smack dab through the middle of Putnam County from the north end to the south end. And I used to live in the south end right along the river. And uh, um, if, you're a, if you're a fan of bass fishing, uh, uh, the Bassmasters comes to Putnam County twice a year for a big bass tournament. And I can remember many, many times looking out on the river and seeing these, these bass boats just flying up and down the river and in and out of canals and anywhere they could get along the shoreline. Uh, as many as two or three weeks prior to the tournament day of fishing. And what I learned is that those fishermen would come early and they would scout out the river and they would scout out the canals and they would scout out the lake so that they knew come fishing day where they had the best chance of catching 
uh, the, the biggest catch. And what I learned was those fishermen were being intentional so that when the day of fishing came, they were prepared. And, 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 and that's what Jesus is saying to us. We, we've got to be prepared. We've got to be intentional about our kingdom assignment. And we've got to be intentional about telling our God story. And we've got to be intentional about serving others and loving on others and making a difference in their life for the kingdom. Jesus said this in Matthew 28, verse 19. It's another way uh, that Jesus shares the invitation to his kingdom. He says, go therefore... Just like follow me is simple and easy to understand. Is there anybody that doesn't understand the word go? It's, it's simple. Jesus said, go therefore and what? And make disciples of all nations. In other words, you've got to be intentional. You've got to be prepared. Number three, you've got to be consistent. We've got to be consistent. Uh, I know people who love to fish and they'll go fishing at the drop of the hat. We got anybody like that here today? You just love to fish. and it, I mean, you're just going to go fishing at the drop of the hat. I used to uh, a mentor a young man and uh, I still have a close relationship with, with him today. This kid would literally go to school all day. He would go to football practice after school and he would work his tail off in football practice to where you literally almost have to drag him off the field. But on his way home, he had his, his fishing pole and his gear in his pickup truck and he would stop at a lake on his way home and he would fish every single day before he got home. Why? Because he loved it. And it was fun. And he was prepared to go. And he was intentional about going. And he was consistent in going because he knew it was something that would bring joy and fulfillment to his life. Listen to how Jesus talked about this in Matthew 24, verses 45 and 46. He said, who then, Jesus asked a question. I love the way Jesus uh, uh, kind of teaches us uh, kingdom principles. He says, who then is a faithful, consistent servant whom his master has put in charge of his household to give them food at the proper time? And then Jesus answers the own, the, his own question that he just asked. He said, that servant whose master, look here, finds him working when he comes will be rewarded. Jesus is saying there's a, there's a consistency, there's an intentionality, and there's a preparedness to that servant who is faithful that when he comes back, when the master comes back, he is found working and doing what he's supposed to do. So as citizens of Jesus's kingdom, we have an assignment. Our assignment is an invitation to follow Jesus, to be like Jesus, to love like Jesus, to serve like Jesus, to share Jesus. The question is, are we going to follow Jesus? Are we going to go fishing this week? And I want to challenge you to do these three practical things. Be prepared. Know your God's story. Uh, be intentional and be consistent. And God will give you the opportunity like he did for me this week to be able to be used to be a part of his kingdom to make a difference in somebody else's life. I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a minute. And our band's going to come lead us in one more song. And this is your time with God. Uh, but I want to ask you the same question that I asked you a moment ago. Who are you following? 
For some of us, maybe it's what are you following? You see, because I'm convinced that we're all following someone or something. And the invitation that Jesus extends to us is an invitation to a better outcome in our life if we'll follow him. And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, uh, the way that you begin a relationship with him is to say, um, God, I'm sorry. I know I'm a sinner. Jesus, I believe you came to this earth to show me how to live. And you died on a cross for my sins. And I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. To help me in life. And take me to be with you forever in heaven. If that's the attitude of your heart. The Bible says you can be saved today. You can be forgiven of your sins. It's not based on anything you do. It's based on what Jesus has already done. And if you're a Christ follower here today, I would just simply ask you, how close are you following Jesus? Could you share your God story today if you had the opportunity? Would you share your faith story today if you had an opportunity? If not, get prepared. Be intentional. Be consistent. And watch God fulfill his kingdom assignment through you. God, I'm thankful for the opportunity to unpack your word today with my friends and my family that are here. Jesus, thank you that you choose to use simple people just like us to be involved in your kingdom work and to be on kingdom assignment with you. And Lord, our job is to do our very best to take as many people uh, to heaven with us one day. But until that time comes, help us to be faithful just to love on others and to serve others and to be your hands and your feet and your voice. Again, I ask that you'd be with our team that's away this week and Lord, be with us that are back home this week as we go about our daily life. We ask that you'd use us to make a difference for your kingdom. And we'll praise you and we'll thank you for all that you accomplish in us and through us. For it's in your name we pray and ask these things. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet if you're able. And sing this last song with our worship team. And God bless you. And we'll see you next week.